Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back, guys, in the Make Life Matter podcast. Today, I am so honored to welcome my new friend, Sharon Bolin. Sharon's story began in exotic British Guyana, where she was born into a Christian home. Her parents of Indian descent moved the family to the United States when she was just seven years old. She went on to have a career as a fashion model and had a life-changing encounter with God and His Word following an extensive, mysterious illness. We're going to talk about that today. Now she's an evangelist. She's an author who is passionate about prayer and about helping others experience power in their prayer life and to walk in freedom. So if that sounds like something you're ready to do as we head into 2022, is to have a more passionate prayer life and to experience greater levels of freedom in God, you're going to want to lean in for this conversation today. Welcome, Sharon. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much, Angela. It's good to be with you. And I realized as I was reading that we do so much ministry in Ghana that I was so afraid I was going to say Ghana. I'm still not positive. I pronounced that properly. So help me know if I did. You did. You did. It's uh, actually British Guyana. There are three Guyanas, the very top of South America. And British Guyana, uh, of course, is where I was born. But my ancestral descent is from India. A lot of Indians migrated to Guyana many, many years ago. Mm. Well, if you're watching, you can see uh, you're you're just extraordinarily beautiful. So your compilation of where you're from and and beautiful inside and out. And I so appreciate your spirit. And I'm so excited to just hear what God is doing in your life. And I know that you are are bringing a powerful resource, even in January. If you want to go ahead and share about that, I want people to know right off the bat how they can connect with you, Sharon, and what they can be a part of coming right off the top of January 2022. Thank you. Well, every year um, I fast, I do a Daniel fast for the first three weeks, January 1 through 21. And I really seek the Lord as to the word that he is going to give me for that year. For 2021, the word is breakthrough. And I have been seeing breakthrough after breakthrough, not just in my own life, but in so many lives of those who follow our ministry and uh, so I do a teaching for 21 straight days. I teach 21 messages and I do it on a theme. So this year was breakthrough. So I went through the life of David and you would not believe how much we have in common with David. There's so much to his life. So after that series, I mean, just life changing experiences uh, that people uh, had after that series. And I'm still seeing that now. So next year, of course, 2022, right at midnight uh, is when I start my fast. And from day one through 21 of January, I will go through another uh, teaching series for 21 days. So I invite people from all over the world and they join us on this fast. We fast and we pray. I minister and uh, we do like emails every day. We give you recipes for the new year. You know, it's really amazing how it's put together for the fast to help others and and just not just cleansing your own physical body but cleansing us spiritually and and really getting us prepared for what god has in store for a brand new year so love Mm -hmm. to have your viewers join us 
on that very important time. If we can just consecrate that first Hmm. period of the new year to the Lord, it really makes a big difference for the entire year. Absolutely. I love that. And this podcast is heard in over 130 countries. So wherever you're listening from right now, you can join Sharon and start the new year off right. How would they do that, Sharon? I'd like to be a part of it. So how? where do I go to sign up? Yes. Yeah, so you'll just go to my website, SharonBolin.com. And we have, um, we have, uh, you know, just all the information on signups. And then, um, after that, you know, you'll get an email and so forth and you'll be on that list. And then every night when I share, uh, the, uh, audio, normally I do it on a teleconference. I may do it video and audio this year, but there's also, if you can't, you know, be there live, courses the replay available for everyone but i love it because it's very intensive so Mm -hmm. not only are you getting the teaching but you're also getting an email with all the scriptures that you can study for yourself based on what i'm teaching you get recipes that you can go ahead and you know for your fast uh, things that will help strengthen the body also give you know health tips as well for that 21 day period so it's really a, a it's a change for all of us because Every time we start the new year, I find that people make resolutions. But if you can't get through 21 days to commit to God, how can you make a resolution that's going to impact you for that year? So if we can commit to 21 days, it really uh, does uh, something within you to help you get through whatever you're going to face in that year. Because it's truly a time of discipline. You're disciplining your body and fasting. You're disciplining yourself by reading the word, listening to a message a day. And it begins to train you on how to do this for your own life. Mm. And that's what I'm all about. I'm not I want people to receive it and be able to do it on their own. Mm. So, I love that. I love that. And that's going to be such a powerful time. January, 2022. I can't believe I'm saying 2022, but it is right around the corner and you are leading so many people, Sharon, in your, in the way that you are making your life matter in the area of prayer, of freedom, of, of grounding people in the word, which we're so passionate about here on the podcast. But let's talk about some steps that have led you to this place. That wasn't always the case. You have a very riveting personal story. Talk about your upbringing. You were raised in a Christian home and then some things shifted as you went into the modeling industry. So I'd love for you to tell us a, a bit about your story. Yes. Um, well, I was raised uh, in a Christian home. My father's probably one of the greatest Bible scholars that ever walked the earth. I mean, truly, mm. he was uh, just hand selected of the Lord, 11 year old Hindu boy. Uh, that was touched by a little gospel track that sailed across the Atlantic and ended up at his home. He came home one day after school and he found this track. It was the first time he'd ever heard of Jesus in heaven. And my dad had been contemplating reincarnation at 11 years old um, wow. and, and just fear of the afterlife. And he ended up going to a Protestant church instead of the Hindu temple one night and heard the gospel for the first time. And that is uh, how the conversion started from a little track. In fact, no one ever spoke to him personally. He just read that track, listened to the message in a church, came home and said, Jesus, if you're the real God, because in the Hindu faith, there are millions of gods. If you're the real God, just show me. And he said this peace entered his bedroom and he knew that in that moment. And, you know, this is miraculous. He knew in that moment that Jesus was God and heaven was real. Hmm. And the feeling and the fear of, 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 you know, the afterlife just left him. 
so from that conversion, he really felt just um, indebted to America because America printed that tract. Mm. And so he uh, ended up, we got sponsored by a church out of Houston, Texas, and ended up coming to America when I was seven years old. And so my dad, uh, the, it's, it's, it's very interesting twist. Think about it. The word that fed my dad, the, the word that came across the Atlantic and fed my dad. Now my dad comes back to America to feed America. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really a phenomenal story. Uh, and how, um, you know, he taught me to love God and country. And I'm an advocate of, uh, you know, really outspoken about the freedoms of our land and the founding fathers and the heritage of America, how we were, uh, you know, instilled in the gospel and the Bible and prayer. I mean, that's in the soil of our land. Yes. So growing up in this home was, I was sheltered. It was beautiful, wonderful. And then I got discovered by a photographer uh, in my teenage years and, you know, ventured out into the modeling world and was very backslidden in those years in my late teens, early twenties. And I was about to take a job overseas. I was living in Palm Beach and um, I said, God, I don't know you anymore. And I'd like to know you again. And I knew I was far from the Lord. But after I said that prayer, just everything started going wrong. Hmm. And I started getting very ill. And long story short, I came home and thought I was just coming home to get checked out by the doctors. But I was home for two years. My Hmm. career had to be on hold. And I... Uh, was dying of an illness that the doctors couldn't diagnose. And that is how God got my attention. And mm-hmm. I began to study the Bible and just memorize healing scriptures because I just needed to get out of my predicament. And I feel like a lot of people do that. with, And we seek God for that one thing. And we don't realize that God is uh, using that to bring us into a dimension that we've never experienced in our walk with him. So what I found out after going through this illness for two years, it wasn't just that God was showing me healing scripture so I could get healed. God was showing me who he was so I could find my identity. God didn't have an identity. I thought my identity was in the modeling world, you know, be fame, famous, be wealthy. You'll, you know, this will prove to the world that you're somebody. But the Lord showed me in his word who I was and how um, this intimacy with him is really what I was searching for instead of a relationship with a man. It was the in- intimacy with God. So at the end of that two year period, I was miraculously healed. The Lord came into my bedroom and it was just like that. He healed Mm. me and I began to have dreams of um, preaching the gospel. And I thought, oh, Lord, I'll do anything. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a preacher, please. And he continued to just uh, show me um, the visions and dreams of of, of ministering and and really praying for the sick. I had a, a heart for sick people that I'd never had before, because now after going through that, I have empathy for the sick and I didn't have that before so that really um was how I began and I launched the ministry um I just rented a tent on the old Texas Rangers ballpark field wow. in the middle of August in 110 degrees in Dallas and I stepped out in faith when everybody said you can't do this and the Lord just moved the temperature dropped and it was amazing for two nights how the miracle power of God worked through that little tent that I erected. We had about 500 people that attended 
and the um, news ended up being picked up by, you know, the Associated Press. And so it went all over the country. And that's really how it started for me. God just took the faith of a nobody. I, I always look at first Corinthians one, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise hmm. and the base things and the nothings has God chosen that no flesh would glory in his sight. Hmm. And that was, me. I was a nothing, a nobody. And God just said, do this. And I just had big faith and I did it. And then God just used that as a launching pad to, to for me to begin the ministry. And that's really how it all began. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Sharon, for sharing that. There's so many things that are so impacting as I'm listening to you. I want to know if there are some young women listening to this, or maybe they have a daughter, especially in the age of social media, where so much is driven by image. And uh, we know for a fact, science is proving, statistics are showing that that young girls are are becoming depressed and anxious by what they're seeing on social media. They're comparing themselves. We know as women, we struggle with comparison. I would love to hear how would you encourage a mom or a young woman or a teenager, a college student right now who's feeling like, I don't know where my identity should be found. And they're looking to the world. They're looking to, to how they look. They're looking for that validation from the world. What advice and counsel would you have for them to know who they are in Christ, Sharon? Very good question. Well, the problem that I find today with our young people, our this generation, I have an 18-year-old daughter. I have only one child, and she's 18, mm. and just a, a mighty uh, young lady in the faith. Um, but one thing I have seen, and we've t- talked about this over and over, is there's an identity crisis yeah. right now. This generation is being told this is how this is how to dress. This is how you look. This is how you act. These are the words you use. This is how you the image yeah. and Satan has come to distort the image. And so we're thinking that if we get enough followers and enough likes, it makes me feel pretty and, and, and popular. But you know that as much as I do, that it's it's really um a cycle that takes you nowhere because it's not reality. Hmm. The, the beauty that we all, everybody wants to be beautiful and looked at, but it's the, the truth of it. And this is what I found coming out of the modeling world is it's not what you are on the exterior as far as trying so hard. It's if you would take the energy and work on the interior, yeah. it'll affect the exterior. Yeah. If we can, if we know who we are by what God says we are, and if we really begin to come into this, your true identity is what does has everything to do with who you are. So we have people out there, like you're saying, these girls on social media, it's a false identity. Even the influencers, it's a false identity because you don't know who you are. We cannot know who we are until we know who created us. You have to go back to the creator. Man and woman were created in the image of God. But the world is saying, I need you to look like this. See, the world has created an image, but it's not the image of God. Right. So what will help your listeners or anyone really uh, is to to come to the place of finding out who are you? Take, take down all of your social media posts and your likes and your friends. And if we boil it all down, who are we really? We have to know our true identity because see, my identity was wrapped up in, oh, I'm good. I'm in the modeling world. I can tell people that and I have an image, you yeah. know, but that wasn't who I was because I didn't know who I was until I came face to face with the Lord. 
That's so powerful, Sharon. Thank you for, for telling us that. I would love to know too, personally, as well as maybe for our listeners, and you touched on it briefly, but when I was reading more about your testimony, you really dug your heels in to memorize a lot of scripture. What advice would you have? Is there a method that works best for you? I talk to people sometimes. I say, I just cannot memorize scripture. I'm a musician. I know sometimes when we put music to things, we can remember lyrics of songs we heard 25 years ago, but we struggle to memorize scripture. So I would love to know what has helped you to memorize scripture. It's a lost discipline. And so I found that to be a very integral part of your testimony. You know, this is going to be very old school. (laughs) I'll take it. But I took index cards. (laughs) I just wrote scriptures on index cards Hmm. and I would put them on my mirror or put them by my nightstand or wherever. And I would start to say every time I would see it in the house, I'd just say it. Hmm. And if you say it enough, you memorize it, whether you, you know it or not. It's just like singing a song. You sing it enough, you memorize the lyrics. Well, I would just start to say it over and over and over again. Hmm. And the more I said it, that's how I started memorizing it. And it was just, and again, I would just put it through the house and everywhere I would go, the, the, the you know, refrigerator, the oven, the, the mirror, uh, wherever, and, and the bathroom. Great place, you know, stick it on the wall. <laughs> you're sitting on the, you know, just you're in the bathroom. And half the time women are in the mirror looking anyway. True. But you, can, you can say it over and over or just record yourself saying it and just hit play. And just listen over and over. But that's, to me, the easiest way to memorize it. And the more I memorized it, the more I said it. And then I learned to use the word in prayer. Because when Mm -hmm. we pray, we just don't pray out of our head. We pray the word. Lord, your word says this. Your word declares this. And as we as we speak that word, it becomes your prayer life. Mm, That's really powerful. If you're listening and you're new to prayer, you want to have a deeper prayer life. Sharon just gave you a valuable insight into that. And we even saw that Sharon with Jesus in the, in the, uh, in the temptation in the wilderness, I was going to say the garden, but when he was tempted, he responded with, it is written, meaning here's the word. And here's what the word says about this. But when we don't know what the word says, when the enemy comes at us, which he does constantly, he's relentless. He, he knows the word. So we need to have the word stored up treasure in our heart. That's why I love this, um, this idea of memorizing more scripture. We don't need to be intimidated by it. We don't need to, you know, be scared of it. We just need to commit to it. Even if it's just one scripture a week or one a month, if you can't do that. And as Sharon said, begin to pray that as you're reading the word, begin to pray it out loud and make that prayers over your family or over your marriage or in her case, over her health and see what God's going to do because the word is powerful. It's living and it's active. So you're, you're impacting change in your life and the life of others as you are praying. So you are now making your life matter, Sharon, in so many different ways. And there are a myriad of things we could talk about, but I'd love for you to highlight a couple of key ways that God is using you. Your ministry is fullness of glory ministries, your resources, Tell us about the ways that you are helping others to have a deeper, more rich relationship with God. Thank you. And I, I want to just uh, dovetail off one thing real quickly, what you were just talking about, Jesus in the, in, in the wilderness temptation. Sure. 
And it was one of the things that Satan said to him is, if you are the son of God, it's mm. always a question. See, that's a question of identity. And how did the Lord respond? What it is written, it is yeah. written, as you so rightfully said. So again, what is the answer to our, our true identity? It is written. Mm. It's in the word. That's good. And, and that's something that for us to ponder. But uh, as far as uh, what we're doing now, is it, uh, is that your question? Is Yes, Fullness of Glory Ministry. Share about your ministry and how the Lord is using you now. Yes, yeah, so Fullness of Glory is the ministry. That's our 501c3. We're a nonprofit. That's the name that the Lord gave me. And, of course, Sharon Bolin Ministries is, is a DBA. But uh, under that umbrella, uh, the Lord really, uh, when, he, when everything launched, he just spoke to me about not just praying for the sick and, 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 you know, as far as healing ministry, but, but bringing people into an experience with God. Hmm. It's, it's one thing to go to church and hear a good message because we do that, but have you experienced it? And hmm. that's the difference. It's not just coming and saying, wow, this is a good message, but did you have an experience in the message? Did you walk away knowing that there was something deposited, something happened that really changed you in that moment, in that message. And that's what we do in our, in our ministry is a, the, the messages that I teach. It's not just information. Mm. It's revelation. It's where yeah. God says, wow, this is what I've had for you, but you've not seen it. And you have that wow moment yourself where you experience something you've not experienced before. I was I was just doing a teaching on um the mind and how the, the greatest force on earth, think about it, the greatest power outside of the power of the Holy Spirit is the power of our will. Yes. Our will yes power like nothing else. And if we can transform the mind, you transform the will. Mm. And so I, I will do teachings that just teach you that. And how do you release the kingdom of God? It's one thing, as you're saying, you know, we memorize the scriptures. This is great. But how do we release it? How do we really take it from the memorization to where we are applying it? And it not it changes our life and it changes the world around us. Mm. So you see, there's something that connects that I feel we have not reached yet where we take these verses or we take these messages and it's an experience in our lives so that it, in fact, you don't just say, Oh, I heard that message a year ago. What was that or a month ago? But you, you're living that message. And that's really what I do. And that is really based around the intimacy that we have with the Lord. Hmm. When you come into oneness with him, your love for him increases. What's the point of listening to a sermon a week? If you haven't grown in your love for him, if you haven't mm. fallen in love a little deeper, that's the goal. I feel like that's something God has given me as a gift is to teach people and disciple people how to have this thing ongoing. And how do you really live this life where you're constantly deepening your walk and falling in love with him by, by experiencing him? Mm, I love that. For me, Sharon, that has come through worship. I was a worship pastor for almost 20 years. That's one one time that I feel very close to the Lord is when I'm in worship. Another time is when I'm in his word. And the more I know about him, the more about his character that I understand, 
the more I love and, and I'm so grateful. Has that been your experience? Or if someone's listening, they're saying, well, I really want that. I want that kind of intimacy. Mm-hmm. How would you move them one step forward? Speak to that one listener today who's saying, I really want a more intimate relationship with the Lord. And I just don't know what my next step should be. Well, you, you got it. You just hit it. Um, mm. Worship. Yeah. What worship means. The worship actually means to bow self down. That's what worship means. And when we worship God, we are bowing the self nature down because the nature that's against God is the self nature. I mean, that's what we're battling all the time. Right. So worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Well, how do you do that? You bow self down and, and you, I do exactly what you do. I first have to worship. Worship breaks me out of this realm and takes me into the dimension of heaven. Worship brings us back to who we are originally created to be. Mm. If you think about that, we are all spirits that have been birthed from the father. The Bible says that we've come into the world and we're living in a box. We're in a, in a, in a physical box, this body, but you're still spirit. That's who you are before you're anything. And you came from the heavens of worship. Mm. So worship brings us back to the reality of who we really are. We were born to worship God. We'll be worshiping the Lord for all eternity. Mm. And so when we connect with worship, there's a sound of heaven we connect with. And it does. It begins to give us that breakthrough from the dimensions of earth. So think about it. If you're going through a difficulty, Let's say you're stressed and you're pressured and you're going through something and having a really bad day. You don't want to worship God. The last thing you want to do is worship. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Because you're so bogged down. But the minute you worship, all of that just melts away. There's mm-hmm. a power to set us free in worship. And the worship then takes us to what? That the word becomes a reality mm. as we worship him. And if you look at the tabernacle, There are three courts, the outer court, the inner court, the Holy of Holies. Well, in the inner court, you've got the menorah, the lampstand, which represents the oil, the Holy Spirit, the showbread, which is the word. But the closest piece of furniture to the veil that separates us from the Ark of the Covenant is the altar of incense. Mm. And the altar of incense is worship and intercession. And, And the smoke, think about it. The incense, the smoke is going up all the time. Worship doesn't go down. Worship. Right. right. <laughs> and that's why we lift up our hands. And it, it's an act of adoring him. And it gets our minds off of ourselves. And we begin to focus on the master and the love, the Lord. And then intercession comes because every time I go into intercession, I always begin with worship. And it gives me the breakthrough. And then we get behind the veil. That's where the glory is. You know, we can't just get the glory. It has to come through worship. So the key is exactly what you said is worship. Mm, So good, Sharon. Thank you so much. Because I want our listeners to experience that kind of breakthrough we're talking about and the release of the kingdom of God. And I don't want them to leave today and not know, look, your first step can just be to get off of listening to this 
this podcast and begin to worship the Lord. Worship is that bowing down as Sharon's talking about that posture of surrender. She's mentioned this 21 day teaching series that launches in January. You're not going to want to miss it. SharonBolin.com is where they can be a part of everything. Your books are there. Fullness of glory ministries. And Sharon's going to pray over us in just a moment. But Sharon, I'd love to ask all of my guests this question. And I would love to hear your answer. Other than Jesus, what person in the Bible has most inspired you to make life matter? Maybe someone you can't wait to meet in heaven or a question you can't wait to ask them. That's a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that on an interview, but I love it. And that's a hard one because I have many, but I would have to say Elijah. And the reason I would say Elijah is because Elijah came out of obscurity And I feel that God always seems to choose people out of obscurity Mm. and he came out of obscurity and he spoke a word and the word worked. There was no rain for three and a half years. Then he had to hide. You know, God said, first, show yourself. Then he said, hide yourself (laughs) and he hides himself. And he's not after the brook dries up, you know, the story, he goes to the, uh, the widow's home. But in that time period, which was excessive two two years, uh, because the, the entire uh, drought was about three and a half years. But anyway, he was in that home and he got as much as God was using him. Yet here he was unknown. He's just sitting here in a house yeah. sheltered and he can't release what God's telling him. But guess what happens in that house? The sun dies and it's the first recorded um, uh, resurrection of the Bible. Anybody raised from the dead mm. the first time is Elijah prays and the son is raised from the dead. Mm. And so as you look at his life, you know, he calls down fire from heaven. He outruns horses. He leaves and he doesn't die, but he gets discouraged. So it shows his humanity. But what I love about him is that he inspires me because we all uh, need to uh, have a passion to not be just satisfied where we are with God, but to have something beyond where we are with God. And that's what I see in him. No matter where God takes us, obedience, whether we're stuck in a house and we can't go or we we go on the forefront, wherever we are, that we continue to in this walk with him and let God empower us to do things that have not been done on the earth. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to him. And and I, I believe that that's always been a story that's encouraged me. And challenge me because there are greater depths of God that we've experienced. There's more to the Lord than we will ever know. And if we continue this pursuit, um, I believe he's going to to bring on this end time church, us, the end time remnant, the greater glory and greater manifestation of his power and glory. Mm, so powerful. Thank you so much. I'm not surprised because you're, I, I can see why you would love him so much. And I love the fact that he was so faithful to serve just an audience of one, just to be in that widow's home before God gave him a national platform. He was testing his character and, uh, you know, really training him in the backside of the wilderness. And so in those anonymous places and those obscure places, maybe you're feeling that today as you're listening, just to hear Sharon's word of encouragement to you. God is doing something in those, those settings. He doesn't waste anything that we go through. Nothing is lost on him. And if you'll just do these practices we're talking about today, 
you know, set aside time to worship, set aside time to, to know his word, know who you are in Christ. This world, world is going to pull at you. The, the narrative of our world is so loud, but if you'll learn as Elijah had to, to listen to his still small voice, that's coming to me when he was so discouraged and he had run from God and he was really ready just to die. And God sent an earthquake and a you know, the, the wind and, and fire and all of these huge things and loud things. And Elijah understood that God wasn't in that God was in a still small voice. And that's what he was training Elijah to listen for. And, and all that's going on around us guys, as you start this new year, can Sharon and I just encourage you today that the most important thing you could do is begin to listen for the voice of God in your life. And you will recognize his voice as you get alone with him in worship. And as you dig into the word of God, that is how he shows you who he is. And then you'll know when it's him speaking, you'll know that it's not your own will that Sharon has so adequately said, we are, we have a very strong will. It won't be the voice of the enemy. You'll know that's the voice of God that I'm hearing and you'll know how to walk in it. So thank you, Sharon. You've given us so many not only so much encouragement today, but some practical things that we can do as we step into this new year to grow into our relationship with the Lord. And I want to invite you to pray over us in just a moment, but I want to just read this final scripture. It's a scripture that Sharon clung to and she memorized one of the ones that she memorized during her illness, Isaiah 54, 54, 17. And we're praying this over you today. No weapon forged against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. The word is powerful, Sharon. And I thank you for what you've just allowed the Holy Spirit to do in your life. And then now the way that you are choosing to make your life matter for the kingdom. We just pray so much more favor and blessing over you in this coming year. And I just ask that you would just close over us by praying over our listeners today. Thank you so much. And, and I have an instrumental CD called Surround Me. We have several in our ministry, but yes, about that atmosphere of worship. You can mm-hmm. download it on any platform, iTunes, Apple Music, anything. But it's called Surround Me. And, and that, um, you know, it's interesting because you're, it, it, we need to create an atmosphere then. Yes. The atmosphere is everything. And the atmosphere sets the, just sets everything ready for the movement of the spirit in our lives but yeah mm-hmm. i'll go ahead and pray for, for everyone you. right now lord we just thank you so much for who you are precious holy spirit touch every single one watching today we know that you have called us with a holy calling it is not by my power it's by my spirit saith the lord so we thank you that as we surrender again we pray you would anoint each and everyone, those who are struggling with their identity, show them who they really are. Show them who you created them to be. We are created in the image of God to reflect the glory of God. So we thank you right now that you would do a new thing in all of us. The old things are are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so as we step into a new season and prepare for a new year, thank you, Lord, that you will uproot everything that has held us back and prepare us to step into something we have never experienced with you. Let the glory of the la- of the latter house be greater than the former. Let the presence and the anointing come upon your people like never before. 
fill us again because we need a fresh empowering from on high. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for continuing to uh, move in the hearts of all of your people and bring us to the place where we truly wear and bear the character and the image of God. Bless Angelus. Bless this podcast. Bless everything she touches, Lord. Continue to use her voice in these end time days to reach the nations with the true gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at AngelaDenadio.com, Facebook at AngelaDenadioVOV, and Instagram at AngelaDenadio. Until next week, let's make life matter.